Ah, Mountaineer Nation, welcome out to the porch. CJ is back. We're going to talk all things about the construction of the Mountaineer basketball roster, who's left, but more importantly, we're going to talk about who is coming in and what we think Hugs is building. We'll get into football, some spring practice deal. CJ's going to get to finally talk about the new quarterback, JT Daniels. We'll get into kind of our floor and ceilings for Mountaineer football. And then we'll, on the back side of it, talk baseball. A lot of baseball conversation on the Mountaineers and kind of a, some bracketology for baseball. So you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee. Phil style, it's in the evening, grab the drink and come on back as we're talking all things Mountaineers here on the porch. Let's go. CJ, um, I know you at the la- heard at the end of the last podcast, we were just wondering about you if you're in the portal or not. Sounds like you're not. You're back. We're excited. Did, did you get enough of an NIL deal there, buddy? Or, or were, you, were you happy with the offering or, you know, what's what's going on with you, man? Just, just want to check in with you. Yeah, you know, uh, had to get with the agent and get everything signed. But get mean... with the agent. Good night. <laughs> no, Who was... are you, Nigel Pack? nah nah everything's good now the the new work schedule was was (laughs) was 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 hurting your boy a little bit but um no no definitely definitely didn't leave you guys didn't enter the portal um you know i'm not gonna be posing with you know a national championship trophy i did no part in winning (laughs) (laughs) oh man i love that that's (laughs) That's probably the best thing I've heard all day. Um, I cannot wait for when Jalen Bridges comes back to the Coliseum because he is going to absolutely hear it. And I heard some people saying they were like, oh, I mean, we shouldn't boo him. He's just, he's from the st-. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like the kid. Yeah, he played with this for two years and he redshirted and came in early. But if you're going to leave to go to a conference rival. Uh, you're gonna get booed when you come in. Yeah, I mean, what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, leaving's one thing, going to a conference rival's another. And it, I heard somebody compare it to you know the Bonner kid from Baylor who played at Fairmont State. That is un. That is that's the worst comparison I've ever heard. Can you please elaborate on how they tried to make that analogy? Basically, you know that you know it's a kid from an in-state school and you know, he's from, you know, and all that. And I'm like, but Bonner is a different story. That's a D2 kid with an opportunity to go play upper D1 basketball. He was playing at Fairmont State. Jalen Bridges was playing at West Virginia University for a Hall of Fame coach who who had been in the tournament the two years prior. That is, that's, that's unforgivable. That's an unforgivable, that's the worst comparison I've ever heard. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. And I, and 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 the other part of it is, is is Bridges was a guy who said he always dreamed of playing there. Like that that to me is the other portion. Until he wanted to, until he wanted to go make a pose, until he went to pose for pitchers with a like you said with a national championship trophy. He had absolutely zero to do with me and you could go take a picture with that trophy and it mean more than than what Jalen Bridges is doing with it. That's a joke. He should be ashamed to have that picture. And I know people say he gets there's a lot of. Um, his family members that kind of get online and, and look for things. I hope they come across this because that's garbage on his part to be posing with a national championship trophy when he did zero, had zero to do with it. He lost to him twice. 
that yeah. year. I mean, like, I, other I than understand that, it. here's my thing. I can understand it if it's like a high school kid you're recruiting because that's a big deal. I'd agree. But I'd agree with you on that, CJ. You're, you're you're a two you know you're you're a two year college starter who played in that conference like the the have some self respect like what well, but here's my big question is is even better than that who's the idiot at Baylor that went yeah this is a really damn good idea I mean it did get him him but I don't know and then I've also seen a lot of people say oh he's gonna be a stud there. I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, that that's the part that I don't understand. Is and and I know, what's going to change? What's going to make him a better player there? Yeah, they might run a little more, but like he's not beating out Matthew Meyer. He, he's not. And, and here's the other thing too. And and the thing that kept him in in Hugs's doghouse, if you will, was he gets lackadaisical defensively. Scott Drew's not going to tolerate that either. No, and, he, and also lack of aggressiveness on the offensive end a lot of times. And that's not going to change based off you putting on a green and gold jersey as opposed to a blue and gold jersey. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it, it it's not. And you know what? Uh, if he takes the next step forward and you know becomes a better player. Good then for okay, him, good, but I don't good see Good for it him, happening. but I don't see it. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't see it happening either. Yeah, he might get a few more highlight reel dunks here and there, but yeah, I just I think it's I think it's a it's a situation where a kid makes a decision, um, and we don't have to respect it. To be quite honest with you, and I and I and I don't. H- had he went somewhere else that wasn't in the same league, I might have been more receptive to wanting to root for him, but. Absolutely not. I'm sorry. I, I can't can't do it, CJ. And speaking of kids who went to different a, a team in a different league, Sean, the hot boy, as Zach would call him, McNeil, going to become a Buckeye. Uh, interesting. I think he's destined himself for a first-round exit in the tournament, second round at best. Yeah, uh, it, it is interesting. Um, it, another, it, another situation where it's like, hmm, what's really going to change for you? I don't. I don't know how much changes. Maybe uh, the the move didn't surprise me. I mean, he's from Union, Kentucky. I would have thought he would have more of a Cincinnati kid, to be quite honest with you, and more his lack and more. Excuse me, <clears throat> and more. And you know, I would have thought maybe Cincinnati CJ more kind of his caliber. Maybe could have been a little more explosive off the dribble against some of those athletes in the American versus the Big Ten or the uh, Big Twelve physicality. Um, and Union Kentucky being really close to Cincinnati instead of it being Ohio State, but whatever. Go throw on the <clears throat> go throw on the scarlet and gray there, Sean. Shoot shots in the corner. Hopefully you get some looks, but you'll be gone in the first round, and and you better get tougher than you were here at West Virginia as well. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I thought you know Cincinnati to me was the one that logical was, fit. Yeah, because of how close it was to home. I mean, it's right on the other side of the river. Um, you know, but I think probably the end the the end decision was is to stay in the in the Power Five uh, or Power True. Six uh, as, as we talk about basketball. But now I'm with you. I mean, he's I'm not so sure there's a huge difference. I mean, the the Big Ten's physical, 
Um, I'm not so sure how well he plays that now. He probably gonna get a crap ton of shots at Ohio State. So the, I mean, the Big Twelve was physical as well. Like maybe the Big Ten has a few more teams that are a little more slug it out than the Big Twelve potentially. But the Big Twelve plays some of the best defense in the country. Um, and I'm really not so sure how. I mean, Michi ended up leaving from Ohio State. Uh, I'm not so sure how much this changes for Sean because if he's not the third option on a team, I don't know how good he's really going to be. Yeah, I, I'm not sure either. And and here's another interesting thing to think about it with him, you know, as, as opposed to guys like Isaiah Cottrell, Jalen Bridges, who transferred out, is, you know, Sean was a grad transfer. So I'm wondering maybe how, how much of it really for educational purposes mattered for him. I would hope that it you know, if, if that's the case, CJ, then I changed my tune a little bit. And I hope that he got into a great program and he's doing it, you know, going about it, going about it that way and getting, you know, furthering his degree and furthering his education and, and having himself have an opportunity to do something after basketball with the Ohio State, because that is a great school. Um, and if that's the case, then all for Sean doing what he did. But if it's just basketball related, then, yeah, you didn't yeah. do that much for yourself, really. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Chris that's Holdman's no Bob Huggins, let's put it that way. And yeah, we all that's... know Bob Huggins owns the Buckeyes. Yeah, that that's why I kind of tend to think maybe it was maybe a little more educational-wise than it was basketball-wise, but I, I could be... But then again, you remember seeing his list of teams, though? Where Why was he going to Texas Tech for education? Yeah. No, Would there I mean, ever been a worse fit than Sean McNeil being a Red Raider? Eh, probably not. And I think it may have just been, Hey, that's a school that reached out. Why not? You know, take a look. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it, it's, it's hard to tell. Um, I'm, you know, really kind of hoping that's what it was for and not just basketball. Cause I don't, cause it's a head scratcher if it is just basketball. Cause it's not like he went to what you would consider an upper echelon team in that conference. I mean, Ohio State is a top twenty-five basketball team. Correct, but when you when you talk about the Big Ten, though, I mean, how how many schools do you list before you get to them when you talk about basketball? And and some of it's history and 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 just the the name. I get that, but what, know, Michigan, I, Michigan State, probably Iowa, Purdue. I would, yeah, Iowa and Purdue. That's that's a little recency bias as well. I mean. Got to remember when that model was rolling with the Buckeyes, man. Greg Oden, the man made out of glass, maybe too soon there. CJ, Mike Conley, and those boys. I mean, they, they were Final Four contenders. Um, Greg Oden, the eighty-year-old man playing basketball. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that I dude looked sixty when he was eighteen. Oh yeah, man, that team that they had there, they were very, very good. Todd Light, um, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, CJ, for sure. That make, you, make, make an NIL before it was legal. Uh, yeah, without without a doubt. Um, I, I wanted to talk one of the, about one of the other guys that departed real quick in, in a spot that I saw him uh, being mentioned toward, and that was Cottrell at UNLV. It would be very interesting to see if he teamed back up with McCabe out there. He does have Vegas connections. For him, hopefully that's a good spot and a place that he can go. Would have loved to have seen him uh, flourish in Morgantown. But I also think he's going to be a guy that we probably didn't get the best out of and from, and he's probably going to go somewhere else and, and potentially blossom into a big-time player, especially yeah. if it's at that UNLV level. Yeah, I, I think UNLV is an interesting spot for him because they're 
I think maybe fit more what he really wants to do, which is get up and down the floor. Like, and you don't have to worry about playing defense and you can kind of, you know, yeah, sort of go and kind of, I don't want to say loosey goosey type program, but they're still on the rebuilding side of things. And maybe he gets a lot of shots. Maybe he has a little bit of a connection with McCabe, some chemistry there. That a little less, little, little less pressure. Cause you know, the, the hype coming into Morgantown, you know, I, I, you know, if a little less case, demanding of a coach. Yeah. You know, and if that's the case, you know, okay, good for Isaiah. You know, some guys, you know, we, we've talked about it in multiple sports, you know, sometimes there's just certain teams and pressures and spotlights that are just maybe a little too much for certain guys. You know, it's interesting, CJ. We, we you know, we, we talked a bunch of baseball earlier in the week and, you know, we talked a lot about the Yankees. Like West Virginia, I'm not saying we have that New York Yankee type pressure, but the spotlight here is very high and kids get on social medias and they start seeing things and you're, you're the big fish in the pond. You're the only game in town other than the folks down in Huntington. Um, Maybe that's maybe some, for some kids that is kind of a little intimidating. Yeah, it it might be. um, Cause you say that and I immediately thought back, um, to what Huggins said after they won the Big East Championship in 2010, you know, that, hey, you know, we're, we're it. Like, we don't have any pro sports. Like, we are it. And, and those know, guys what, are beloved and are, are legends in this state forever now. Yeah. And, and, as a and, result. That's, and that's no disrespect to the guys down in Huntington, but I mean, everybody tunes in for WV. Like, it's a big deal. And, you know, when you're the land grant university, in a state where you don't really have any pro sports, you know, the closest ones are in Cincinnati and Pittsburgh and, and our fans live and die with WVU athletics and, you know, they invest and they're, they're tuned in and they're locked in from the jump. And I think, I think you're right. I don't think it's that New York, LA, Boston media pressure, but I I do think the lights will, a little bit brighter when you're in a place where th- there isn't anything else taking the headlines out of the news. It's not so much. Yeah. I, it's not so much the media as it is the fan base and kind of the social media interaction is more Bronx. Like I think the media itself is actually, you know, I mean, we've heard people say they at times are a little too soft, which I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, yeah, I, they're not all Greg Hunter locked in softballs, but I mean, and that's no disrespect to Hunter. That's kind of his job, but you know, uh, I, I think you're very right in that. And I think social media to an extent has been kind of a, a, a hindrance at times. I think for, it's, a my, it's myopic because it's, you get a lot of people on there. You, you give a voice to a lot of it. No. Yes. A, and and, and, and you got to weed out the, the good and the bad. I mean, you and and you and I and, and Zach, when he's here with us, have been sometimes prisoners of the moment. And, oh, my God, and it, it happens. I think we um, all have a pretty good perspective. But then again, like you might have some people who view the comments that we made about Jalen Bridges and, and Sean, Sean McNeil earlier in this thing as being kind of, you know, idiotic. Um, and, and they're entitled to those opinions. But I think we're always pretty fair in the way we go about kind of looking at West Virginia athletics. 
Correct. And, and I think there's more people like us that, that'll look at it, you know, fairly and objectively and, and, and try and see everything than there are the others. The problem is, is the ones that don't are sometimes the loudest. I think the ones that are the loudest are the ones that know the least, unfortunately. And that's a problem. Or the, maybe the ones that have the highest expectations. And that's an issue. Um, CJ, yeah, we kind of just there, there were people out there that I think thought this team, oh, this team could be a final four. This this year's basketball team was never a final four team. Let's, let's no, and, and, and you know what, CJ, I'll tell you this. I I know I had some expectations early on of this team um, that I thought they could be pretty good. And, and I'll stand by those comments that I made because the reality of it is if you had just a little bit better maybe luck in some games and if you had a little bit better ability to rebound the ball. I think I definitely underestimated that ability. I kind of thought Hugs would just figure out a way to get rebounds, maybe himself almost, uh, which is <laughs> ridiculous. But, you know, I think that was why I was a little high on the team. But if you think about it, I mean, Iowa State ended up making the Sweet 16, and you you should have beat them in Ames, and you trounced them in Morgantown. So I'll stand by those comments that we could have been a second weekend team had we just gotten a little bit more – consistency a little bit of luck and maybe been able to rebound at all and maybe just had a few dudes that actually cared to play defense as well which we just never got that level of commitment last year but I'll tell you this CJ enough about last year and the folks that are leaving let's get into this team that Hugs is building right now I love it we and you haven't got to talk about this what are your thoughts on what he's done so far you know, I, I absolutely um, love it. Um, I know a lot of people are going to point to, well, you know, they didn't really get anybody that can, you know, score the basketball and, and all of that. But I, I think he's There's done, still one spot out there, though. Th- there is still one spot out there. But I think what he's done, and, and I heard it put probably the best way I've, I've heard it put, and, and Brad House said it was, is he went into this offseason and looked at it and basically was like, you know what, I'm not going to sit in another year and watch guys just get beat off the dribble and just watch guys parade and have layup lines. And so he went defensive. And it's starting to get a feeling. Now, I'm not going to put them in this category, but it's starting feeling of kind of that 2010 Final Four team. CJ, CJ, wait, wait, wait. those are some big, those big, are, big, big, big those, time those, expectations to right. throw at a and I, and bunch I'm of kids not, that have never played together. Right, and and I'm not doing that. But what I'm, but what I mean by that is, is where I'm seeing that comparison is, we all remember that team fondly because it went to the Final Four, and you know, if if Deshaun doesn't go down in the Final Four game, who knows what happens? But that team everybody remembers but here's the one thing i think as time has gone on what we have forgotten is that team offensively for stretches was horrendous but you earned everything they gave nothing up nothing for granted they rebounded they played defense they got after you they harassed you they frustrated you and they wore you down that's almost what it feels like he's getting back to where you know it's not the full press virginia but in the half court we are going to be in your grill we're going to make you earn buckets. You're not going to get these easy driving layups. We're going to make you earn everything. And we're going to rebound the basketball and we're going to get second chance points and we're going to fight you. And eventually at some point, we're going to break your will because you're just going to have to succumb to the pressure that we are constantly putting on you. It's almost to an extent, CJ, 
getting back to the do what we do attitude of West Virginia basketball. And like you said, he's not going to have to sit there and talk about guys getting straight line drived. That's, that's crucial. Um, yeah, because you know, I mean, here's the thing. If you look at the way it, it, it's changed, even from 2010, go back over the last couple of years and even to this year's final four, all the coaches that were there haven't changed what they do. They've stayed true to who they are and what they do. And all four teams could get at you on the defensive end of the bat on the defensive end of the floor. Now for Duke, it took them all year to figure it out. But once they did, they became very, very good. North Carolina was that team that about midway through the year, you saw it kind of click in. They got after you defensively. They rebounded the ball. They did what they do and they made everybody else play to that. And that's what Huggins is getting back to. We're going to do what we do. That's going to get at you defensively, and we're going to own the glass. Yep. And I think personnel-wise, he had to change that team and change his tune a little bit in the 2020 year once Oscar left because you just didn't have – and I actually used his name right there, CJ. Uh, Anyway, uh, once once he or should not be named Oscar, whatever – the two point five million dollar man. Good for him. Kentucky found a way to get him paid. I'm not shocked. Uh, anyway, he still lost to St. Peter's, the Peacocks, in the tournament. Me and you have as many tournament wins as Oscar Sheboy does on his <laughs> resume. So he might have a Player of the Year, but he still has as many tournament wins in his career as the same boys that are playing in Morgantown. Actually, he has less because we won a game last year. And he wasn't a part of that. So. Deuce and the boys still have one over on him, and that's we'll leave it at that. Um, but he had to change the way they played because they didn't have that depth, and they got and they spread it out more. And I think Hugs wants to be that way on offense a little more, but I think he's kind of gave up some of that for the defensive end of the floor. Like we knew Sean wasn't a great defender, you know, and and Jalen Bridges wasn't necessarily a great defender, um, and lacked that want to at times I think Cottrell at times lacked that want to on the defensive end you know uh Taz I think became a better defender and had that want to but he wasn't necessarily a guy that you uh was a great great defender I think he became better but now you think about it you got coming back who's got that leadership I'll go ahead with Taz though well, and Taz had to expend so much energy on the offensive end. I wonder how much that really affected him on the other. Because you can't play pedal to the metal on both ends of the floor. And... Oh, 100%, CJ, 100%. But I think, you know, getting into this team, Toussaint, a guy who's very much about the defensive end of things. Stevenson, a guy who can rebound uh, and is, has some length. You know, um, you, you think about, uh, for example, you know, Wag- Wagyu – or Waggy, you know, and I'm thinking Waggy beef. I told him that, told Zach that last week. But I mean, he's a guy who averaged, you know, 15 points, 12 rebounds, you know, essentially close to three blocks a game. I mean, that's impressive on the defensive end, you know. And and Bell is a dude who was coming in weighing 280 and is a load down there. I mean, Shh, 280. He ain't seen 280 since like St. Louis. Oh, I hope not. But I mean, let's hope he gets back into the two sixty five range. But regardless, um, I mean, also you're saying he's more than that now. Oh, he 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 he's three hundred easy. 
that's that's a load he's a big kid I mean, he yeah. is, he's a big guy and he's he's even admitted he's he's got to get into shape and he's willing to do the work to get there oh and he will and and i think that's the other thing too is he got guys that can finish around the rim that was a massive struggle of ours this year um you know and it and it killed us in a lot of games but I, like I said, I, I really like what he's getting to. And, he, and here's the other thing, too. <clears throat> we talk about, you know, well, where's the scoring going to come from? Well, don't forget, you've got a guy in Jamal King who can absolutely stroke the basketball. Um, Stevenson wasn't awful. I think Stevenson that final spot is going to have a guy who can shoot the ball. Parrish has been mentioned. You're also hearing maybe he doesn't leave Oakland now. Who knows what happens there? Um, Brandon well, Jones, the kid who went to Taze Valley, who was at DePaul, 30% three-point shooter, he's been mentioned. I mean, he averaged, what, 14 a game at DePaul? DePaul? Yeah, so, I mean, that that's, those are options. And here's another name, and it's a guy who's already on the roster, but it's the microwave, Seth Wilson, man. I'd like, agree. Seth Wilson's <clears> going to get an opportunity to get a lot of shots off this this upcoming season. Yeah, so and I and I so I think they're 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 gonna have options now. How well does this all gel and come together? You know, you know, we'll see. Um, Kobe I, as well, CJ. Kobe as well. Um, I I think you know Keedy could be a little bit more offensively minded at times. No, I, I agree. With you. I think Keedy would be more uh, offensively minded, but I think that's the thing I like. And we talked about where we we're talking about the defensive defensive uh, abilities of this team. You think about it, Toussaint and. Keedy in the backcourt defensively, that's a group that can harass people with on-ball defense. I really, really like that. And then you've got the you've got some guys with some ability um, on the back end to erase shots in in Mo Wagu and Jimmy Bell. Yeah, no, I I I love kind of the makeup of his team here, and then. And James Alquando, we've been hearing rave reviews of him for a long time. Be excited to see it. Yeah, you know, and like I said, I I love the makeup of this team, and I know you and I and Zach shared it in a in a group text we have. You know, I I love what they put out a couple of days ago. You know, the guys that stayed, you know, the loyalty thing. I I I love what they are building up there, and the guys that said, "No, we're gonna stick this out. We'll get this thing right." Like, I, I I absolutely love it. Well, and you know what else, too, CJ? The recruits that are coming in this season, I I like the, the possibilities there as well. Oh, yeah, I, I, I do, too. And, and, and Huggins is... The Josiahs, I mean, they look very promising. Yeah, they do. And the question is going to be, you know, how quickly do the freshmen get acclimated? How quickly do they get up to speed? You know, can they can they do the things that need to be done to see the floor, um, you know, under hugs? But, no, I, I absolutely love what he's doing. Um, I'm not overly concerned in that we don't have a guy that can just flat up off the bounce, get you a shot. Now, that guy may be on the roster. He may not be. He may come in. We we find him, you know, with that one spot remaining. But I love the fact that he's he's just basically said, no, we're going to get back to defense and rebounding, and we'll let the rest of it take care of itself. Yeah, and, and you know what, CJ, I think, I think that in, in a nutshell – is where we – I think that's how we become, in a nutshell, man, like you said, getting back to doing what we do, being who we are, 
I think that is absolutely the paramount key to West Virginia basketball being what it what it always has been and what it should be, right? I mean, you look at that from that perspective. I, I really, really like um, as well. Even and we didn't mention, but but Pat Sumick, you know, people really like him, and he's the guy who can stroke from the outside a little bit. Um, you know, Josiah Harris is a pretty good player with some length, man. I I really do like what he's done, and I think we just need to get that one other player on the roster that's got some ability to score and rebound. I think Brandon Jones would be huge, and that would be a big-time get. You know, one of his – a former, essentially, teammate of his is on the roster, Taze Valley Christian Connection. Maybe that'll get hugs all the way home. And you know what? That might not be a team that can, anybody says is a Final Four contender, but it's a team that gets back into the tournament, and it's a team that would do what we do with hugs and finds a way to get through that first weekend and then probably would lose in the Sweet 16 heartbreaking fashion. But I'll take that any day over a team that's got a bunch of – and I'll go ahead and say it again, prima donnas that didn't care about the team, that wanted to go out there and become the – become guys and be me guys what do i need to do to get what do i need to do to further my career what what can how much money can i make in il wise yada 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 and not being guys that cared about the program and cared about winning basketball games i think these guys want to do that yeah and it it, it, and this is tough for me too because that you said it taste valley christian and for me that's it's kind of like all right cool they're sending our guys our way but I went to the rival, and it's kind of like, oh, I gotta suck it up root for those guys. Hey, you know what? Though you you've got the kicker still in the building. I do, I and do. he's got a scholarship now. And let's talk football real quick, CJ. Speaking of scholarships, Preston Fox tore it up in the spring game, made a Sports Center top top ten catch, made the first big play of the game. Um, man, and I'll say this real quick too, CJ. Watching a little bit of that on Saturday, receivers look good. Caden Prather made a bunch of big plays. I was very impressed by Goose Crowder um, in the game. I thought of all the quarterbacks, I thought he looked the best. Yeah, I I actually went back because, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to catch any of it, so I had to go back and kind of watch it. Um, That was my impression that I took away. To me, Goose looked the best out of the three. Um, You know, didn't look rattled even when you know the the pocket wasn't completely clean um it was really impressed with him um you know garrett showed flashes uh the the pick was an extreme head scratcher um you know though i also heard brad make a comment on that pick about they maybe thought somebody might have known something there yeah and that and that's possible when you get into the spring games i mean you know who knows um I, my takeaway from Nico was flashes, but you can see the game is extremely quick for him. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I wasn't necessarily disappointed with him, but I also didn't necessarily come away extremely impressed either. Well, I mean, and, you know, the athleticism was, was there with the run, though. I will say that. Yeah, it, to me, it was pretty much what I expected for Nico. Um, you know, he you know he's. Uh, in a 18 year old first real college. I mean, the game's going to be really, really quick. Um, I think they said it in the broadcast. Wolfman did. 
I mean, he could be taking his girl to prom, uh, but he's here getting ready for his opportunity at West Virginia University. So yeah, so I mean, you know, he he's still a high school kid. I mean, let's let's be realistic. He reclassified to get up there early, and so I mean, the game is still very 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 quick for him, and it's gonna you know it's got to slow down. You know, for people that wanted you know, and I was one of them, kind of like, oh yeah, let's just hand the reins over. Let you know. I'm very glad we got JT. Yeah, because I'm, I, I've been racking my head, and because I've heard, you know, you know Brad Howe and others say, you know, freshman quarterbacks, and this is across the country. Forget WVU that come in and start. I mean, there are very few and far between. Like the last one was Trevor Lawrence, but he didn't even start till what week four or five when Kelly Bryant transferred out. So yeah, Trans- freshmen freshmen do not come in and really make huge huge impacts on winning programs at the quarterback position yeah I mean, they can, if they can make splashes person, at receiver or they can make splashes on the defensive side of the ball but typically offensive line and quarterback if you got freshmen there eh, you better worry yeah i mean that 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 tells me if, if you're a true freshman and you're starting um college football is a true freshman game one that tells me either there was absolutely nothing there or the program's not real good or or you're just a once in generational talent but i mean that's those are like those just don't i mean those come along once in a generation obviously but you know it, it it's very very tough but i was with you goose was extremely impressive um we just looked efficient with the ball he looked comfortable you know, he it looked like he was making good throws. I saw the throw he threw to Sam James uh, was a pretty nice throw as well. Yeah, you know, but I, I was I was impressed with the wide receivers. Um, you know, I, I think they – Did they you come wanna... away disappointed with the secondary, though, by the way, or would you more impressed with the receivers? I'm extremely impressed with the receivers. The, the the secondary was kind of what we thought. You know, it, it's going to be a lot of plug and play for them. Uh, still learning, you know yes. that they're they're going to struggle early. I th- I think that's something we understand and know. Um, One thing though that I did hear that I've liked in the in the in, when them talking about you know in spring practices where they talked about the dudes in the secondary and that they were salty dogs. They were young kids, but they were salty. And they're athletic as hell. Yes, yes. Now, granted, the only thing about that that's a little bit concerning is that you're going to face a guy in Addison right off the jump in game one who is, you know, one of the top receivers in the country coming back. And so – Blitnikoff Award winner. Yeah, I mean, he's – that's that's curious. That that makes you a little nervous. But at the same time, if you're doing your job in the front seven, maybe you can kind of mask some of those weaknesses um, in that opener against Pitt up there in Heinz Field, man, the brawl. CJ, I'm still just licking my chops about it. And, and I know I want to get your more of your thoughts on the spring game too, but let's also get your thoughts on, on JT, buddy. I, I want to hear what you have to say. I haven't really got to – really dive into that with you yet um i'm i'm excited um i think for a team that was really hurt by the portal um and you know it, it it's a it's a tone changer um a hundred percent tone changer it, it's a hundred percent tone changer i i think the one thing i absolutely loved about it was is kind of his comments to pete thamel um 
you know, that he absolutely loved Morgantown, loved Neil Brown, loved what they were trying to do in Morgantown, um, was excited to be a part of it. I, I think that speaks volumes to what, what Neil's was, trying to accomplish. Yeah. And so, and I, and I think some of the reports of cultural things, I, I think's a little overblown. And I, and I know the reality is, is you look at Neil and his staff, uh, he's got guys that, on his staff and, and Neil's kind of the same way. Like if you don't want to be here, we're, we're not going to beg you to stay. You know, they yeah. want guys that are going to work guys that want to be there guys that care more about what's on the, on the helmet than what the name on the back of the Jersey. And, and I got no issues with that. I have zero issues with that. And you know, that, that kind of makes some sense. If you don't want to be here, well, okay, but we're going to coach the guys that we have. Um, and that, to be quite honest, though, CJ, I don't necessarily love the fact that we've had some issues in terms of keeping some of our defensive talent. But we also know there's some meddling going on and some tampering. And until we are able to fix that, that's going to be – it's just going to be the way it is. But you made the point about the culture issues, quote-unquote. But the way Neil Brown responded to Mesidor leaving, just saying I'm more resolute in how I'm going to run this program than ever, I think – spoke volumes um, it, it, it spoke volumes and i think if you're an ad that's exactly what you want your head coach to sound like and to do um you know and i and i love that and i, and I agree with you there, there's some tampering going on and and, and here's my thing jamir jamala die is going to be a head coach in in college football like he checks all the boxes the guy probably burned his bridge to being the guy here though I don't know 100%. Does time heal the wound? After a while, do people kind of forget that he poached three players off of us in a span of two years? And it's like, oh, well, look what he did here as a coordinator at these different spots. And he's a former WVU player. And they pull all the the big hits against Virginia Tech and just the him just knocking heads that would all be targeting calls now. And he's able to come back into the good graces. I don't know. Here's my rebuttal little devil's advocate to time heals all wounds two words rich rod hey you've heard some people that would be willing to bring him back yeah and those aren't exactly people i'd classify as intelligent i I wouldn't necessarily disagree although ray rich rod got the job at jacksonville state now just saying yeah, I, that, but that's what I'm saying. And, 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 and here's the thing. I think it's more than just burning bridges here. I, I, I think there's a lot of ADs out there that will start side question that going, wait, hold up a second. Why? Yeah, why do I want to bring you into my program if you're just going to rate it once you leave? Yeah, like if you're because he's you're going to end up at a place and it's like, you know, let's say mid-major, you know, an AAC school. Okay, well, if you're going for a big time job, what's going to stop you from taking basically the entire program with you? Like, why in the hell would I trust you with that? And 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 I think, you know, it was one thing like when you came from Arizona and you brought some guys with you. Okay, but now you're doing it to your alma mater and and not only just doing it to your alma mater, like you legit got a kid who was in practice and meetings on Monday and Tuesday morning and convinced him to come down Tuesday afternoon like to me, yeah there, there's a lot going in on that and, and here's my thing if you're Keen Mesador and that's in your reasoning is the guy who recruited me is there that's safety where I want to be fine 
I, I, I'm okay with that, but don't put out the statement of, I don't feel safe in Morgan. I lost a lot of respect for Hakeem Mesidor with those comments. Yeah. Don't say I didn't feel safe in Morgantown and go to Coral Gables. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'd agree. And the fact he did it with Porter as well. It's a good point, CJ, about Kane. Could you give him the trust there? It's kind of like, you know, and, and as well to this point too, right? Like, I just now he's done it in two different jobs as well. Like he did it at Georgia, and you know we don't. I, I don't know if he's taken anybody from Georgia. I, I I don't I don't follow it cl- as close as I should on that, and probably should have done a little bit of homework there on that. But I mean, granted, are you going to get kids from Georgia to flip to Miami? I guess you could, but again, to take guys from your alma mater, there is something there that's a little bit kind of it's it just doesn't feel totally above board yeah it just to me there there's there's some decor with it and you know it, it's the wild west there there are no rules i mean i think we all kind of know that at this point well, but exactly well, you know i think the one and the guy who brought it up and kind of we're we're piggybacking on his a little bit is karidi when karidi kind of makes that comment about doing that to your alma mater I think that says a little, a little bit more about it as well. Well, and I think that also says something about it too. He knows him personally. Yeah, he he knows it personally, but I think it even speaks more volumes to when you talk about a guy who raises that issue. That and WVU is not his alma mater. That's true. He's an orangeman, although he's definitely. uh, He's he's definitely a mountaineer through and through now. Yeah, he's become one of us, but. To, to sit there and go, man, you're doing this, like, to have that come from a guy who's not a WVU, um, like, for Hoppy Kirchville to say it, okay, I, I get it, Hoppy's a WVU grad, but you've got a guy in Karigi who's not going, it's not a good look, you're, you're hurting yourself and you're burning bridges where there don't need to be, that's when I think people really need to perk their ears up and go, wait, hold up. Yeah, now Karigi's been employed by WVU for a very long time and he's become one of us. But when it's not necessarily your quote unquote school and yeah. you're saying it, noticing it, that to me is even a bigger charge of man, this shit needs to really get handled. Yeah, hey, man, and it does. I mean, there's there's no getting there's absolutely no getting around it, CJ. Um, you know, we actually talked about the portal. Um, and I wanted to bring his name up because I was pretty impressed with him Saturday, despite the running game not being something that really gets flexed a lot in a uh, spring game due to just the fact that they weren't really even tackling at times. Jalen Dixon on that touchdown run, I was pretty impressed by him. Yeah, no, I, I think the running game is going to be really good. I mean, there it, it's going to be a lot by committee. Um, you're going to have a lot of guys back there getting touches, which is fantastic. Um I mean, you get Mathis and Dixon as as well with uh, Anderson and Johnson potentially. That's really good. You throw in the skill position wide receivers with Prather making you know, a real nice play Saturday on a couple balls. Sam James and Bryce Ford Wheaton and the emergence of you know potentially. I mean, Preston Fox. I don't want to go that far yet with him, but I mean, you've got a big three trio in wide receivers. You've got JT Daniels now. Uh, I love. I love where this offense is going, CJ. And I think the defense, if there's one thing that I think we know and we've been able to count on since Neil Brown took the job, 
is their ability to recruit guys that fit in his system defensively, athletically, and defensively, they will do a good job, and they'll be salty on that side of the ball. Hopefully, the secondary isn't something that really um, ends up being a huge, huge concern. Although, it would be understandable if it is. I mean, you think about it. Think about all we've lost in the secondary since Neil Brown took over the job. Since, like, the game when, you know, the pre-COVID or the COVID vic- year victory over Baylor when you had Tyke Smith making plays back there, Drayshawn Miller, both those guys are gone. Daryl Porter, he's adios. I mean, you think about it. That group has gotten hurt worse by defection than any other position room, potentially uh, worse than any other position room in any other school in the nation by the portal. Yeah, it has. And, and here's the other thing. I forgot keep... about Nick Troy as well. Yeah. And, and, and here's the other thing to kind of keep in mind, too, as we talk about the secondary. You know, obviously, McLeod wasn't there. Um, they're still monitoring, you know, his situation and, and you know, where he's going to be. But they're expecting him to to make a full recovery and play this year. But, you know, that, that's, that's a guy that I think it helps you out back there. But defensively, they're extremely athletic, which I love. Um, which means they're going to be multiple. And, and, you know, these guys have an attitude of, yeah, you may not know who we are. We may be young, but I mean, the, the attitude of we're going to succeed is, is there. And you got to love that. Um, And the other thing that I absolutely love, and I, and you you got to see it in flashes in the spring game is just how good and cohesive this offensive line can be. Oh yes. They've been playing together now. And they potentially took their lumps. Yeah, and they could all potentially be back next year, which is even a scary. A lot of talent, man. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting because if they protect Daniels, give him time, and then you're able to run the football, it it become, might become a mute a mute point at times if the secondary does give up a couple big plays here and there because maybe you're able to create some turnovers, and if the offense is is as good as we think it can be, all right, changes things up in a big way for you. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. And, and I think the other thing with getting a guy like Daniels in too is, is that's a former five-star recruit. I, I think maybe other people go, huh, well, if JT saw something there, maybe we should give them more of a look and, and, and really helps open up recruiting for, for Neil, which, I mean, he's been extremely successful since his time there and doing, um, despite, you know, some people going, yeah, can't really recruit there. But, yeah, sling it. Yeah, pretty good. Um, you know, so I, I, I think that championship only, at West Virginia. <laughs> I, I think that only helps, you know, open open more doors uh, for for Neil. So I think that's a a massive steal for for Neil and that coaching staff. Absolutely, and I think you'll have some contributors off this class. I mean, you know, you remember kind of the tight end uh, to Carlo. They kind of use him in the slot. They really have raved about him as well. Um, Oh, you Laughlin know, should be back to start the year. Yeah, Jacoby Spells. I mean, uh, I can't pronounce it. But the the tight end who came from Colorado State, Pal- Palinski, um, really struggled with his name, CJ. <laughs> um, um, but, you know, he should be good. I, I, the, I guess the main thing that it just it makes me nervous is that secondary. But. If you're scoring points, maybe it doesn't matter as much. And um, that would be a huge, huge benefit. 
obviously the schedule early is not easy. I mean, Pitt's supposedly really highly thought of, although, I mean, they're going to be bringing in a transfer quarterback as well. The slowest versus Daniels matchup is going to be electric in Hinesfield, backyard brawl to start the year. I mean, can't wait. But then you got a couple games back-to-back with Kansas and Townsend that you got to feel pretty good about in Morgantown. And then you get a Thursday night game as well against the Hokies in Blacksburg. Now, granted, there's a lot of – a lot of turnover and Virginia Tech's quarterback positions in flux potential with a Marshall transfer. Garrett Wells battling for the job and uh, Pry, the new head coach there, might take some time to get his stuff in order. So you might catch the Hokies at the right time, but still not an easy September at all for West Virginia. It, it, it's not. And, and Blacksburg is, is not an easy place to go in and win, especially on a Thursday night. Those but, games always seem to be electric. But you know what? The one thing I do like about that is you've got Daniels, who's been in situations, they've been in hostile environments. You have a veteran offensive line. You've got guys that have made plays at skill positions before, and you've got a good running back room. That kind of excites me. Yeah, well, and and I think that's the other thing too is we is as you mentioned, the secondary is kind of a of a big question mark, but if you're able to really run the ball and control the clock, that helps that young secondary because it doesn't keep them out there on the field. But the other thing it does too is is it allows your front seven to be fresh late and they can really, really try and pin and go after that quarterback and really help that secondary out. And, and, and you know, one thing that we've heard even despite the loss of Mesidor, that that room seems to still be in pretty good shape. I mean, you think about Stills, you know, Lawton's been pr- pretty highly thought of. Uh, the linebacker room with Dixon and Kuba, you know, you running Austin, around making plays. You still got Bartlett back there. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm with you, CJ. I mean, like defensively, I still feel pretty good about our ability to do enough to slow teams down with what our offense has coming back. You know, we were talking about the schedule a little bit. Like after that game with Virginia Tech, you've got a trip to Austin, which would be will be really interesting. Um I mean, man, I, I'm I'm beyond uh, excited to see how this thing turns out this year. I really, really, really like uh, what Neil Brown is building. I almost went Larry David there. I should have went pretty, pretty, pretty good. I yeah. really like it. Yeah, let, let me ask you this question because I heard it posed um, – and there wasn't really a consensus on it yet. And I understand, you know, you got to kind of get through and see some other things, but once Daniels gets into Morgantown and everything like that, where would you place it? We'll assume he's the starter. Where would you place him amongst the rest of the conference? <laughs> well, me and Zach talked about it last on the pod. That's probably where you heard it posed. I think he's in the top three without question. No, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you, and I know a lot of people, because here's my thing as you, as you look at it. You know, Quentin Ayers, super talented at Texas. Kid we haven't ta- seen it. Get out of here. He hasn't taken a snap that has yeah. mattered since high school. So, yeah. And he's correct. also on a team that went 5-7 and seven last year. They're supposed to be, supposed to be sixth in the freaking country. More like sixth in the Big 12. Get out of here with that FPI bullshit. Nope, I, I'm, I'm completely with you. Um, Bohannon's back for Baylor, correct? Tough. Tough kid. Definitely a guy who uh, you got to give some love to. 
yeah, I mean, because because of, of what he did last year, it it to me, I, I'm with you. I'd put him in that in that top three. Um, I mean, because you look at the rest of the Kansas State doesn't have Skylar Thompson. You know, Brock Purdy's gone from Iowa State. Um, I mean, Dylan Gabriel is a super talented kid at Oklahoma, but yeah, you know, he I hasn't mean, done it at this level. Yeah, doesn't done it at that level. Different system. They're not going to chuck it deep every play at Oklahoma. And Venables is going to be different. This isn't Lincoln Riley anymore. Um, I I don't know there. You know what I mean? I think Spencer Sanders has to be probably in that upper echelon. Um, I, now, here's a guy that was brought up, and I've got to ask you, Duggan. To me, I would take Daniels over Duggan in a heartbeat. Um but maybe some think that he is worthy of a little more love. That's an interesting one because I mean, their best win was with Adam last year. Yeah. Well, when Morris came in there and lit it up, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. And that's a tough one because you, if you look at him from just a pure skill set, you know, he can beat you with his arm. He can beat you with his leg, but he's kind of like Daniels in the fact of, can he stay healthy and play a full season? Like, those are legit questions. Um, And I also say this legit question about Duggan. He's never won. Yeah, well, and that's that's the other thing. I I wouldn't put him over Daniels. I'm with you. I would take JT. Um, I would not take Texas Tech's Williams over him, even though he flashed brilliance. I would not take that. Speaking of CJ, you know where Henry Columby is going to be next year, by the way? I don't. I know he transferred out, but I did not hear where. He is going to be the quarterback down in Huntington. Oh, you know what? I think I did see that. That's I'm very interested in seeing how that goes. Um, but, yeah, Texas Tech, without Henry Columbia now, uh, they have Williams at quarterback. Yeah, no doubt, because I think that's just a game changer, hopefully, for the Mountaineers, for nothing else. Um, man, I just I think he's in the top three. Like we kind of yeah. ran through the conference. I mean, I know um yeah, uh, William, Williams you. of Kansas is very electric, but I wouldn't put him above Daniels. No, I wouldn't either. Um I, I need more than just kind of one year. Um like three three games essentially is what he really did. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you. I, Spencer Sanders deserves to be up there just because he's continued to win. Um they've continued to be is he the number top. one quarterback in the league? I, or is it Daniels? I, I would have to go I, – I give the edge to Sanders and simply just because – Been in the same system, played a little bit more. Been in the same system. Been a winner. Big, yeah, you know, played for the Big 12 title, um, you know. Um, you know, and, I, and to be honest with you, I think it's close between, you know, Bohannon and Daniels. I'd give Daniels the edge just because Daniels, I think, has done it more, like we've seen more. Yeah, I think he's just more polished. Bohannon um, has some athleticism, is tough, but I wouldn't put him over him. And then I think Gabriel's got to be into that mix as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you uh, on Gabriel. I just kind of want to see him do it at, at this level. And, and the big question I have for me with with Bohannon is, is where does his maturity, and by that I mean – his decision making with balls does, does that get better this year? Because there were some times last year he 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 got away with some throws in situations where because his wide receivers were just really really good, 
I, I, I think if you're a Baylor fan and coach, you're hoping to, to work that out and his decision-making on that gets a little bit better because he always had that five-pick game feel. Well, I hope he has a five-pick game feel against Baylor on a Thursday night in Morgantown there, CJ. Oh, no, um, yes, completely. I, I, and you know what? Something else that uh, we'll get into it later as we keep moving forward as we get closer to the year. You know, Baylor has never won in Morgantown. That's crazy to think, but yeah, it is very true. Um, yeah, I will say, CJ, the 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 initial part of this schedule is rough, but it also presents a really good opportunity if West Virginia comes out and that offense is humming the way I think it could. Like you could very easily see yourself sitting at like a four and two type situation through six games. And the, 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 the end of the schedule is, has some landing spots that are kind of soft. Like we know Texas Tech has a good recruiting class, but you know, first year coach, you owe them big time. Do you get that role in TCU? You've had their number. Iowa state's not going to be the same. Um, granted you play them in the first week of November. So like Campbell will have time to kind of maybe figure it out. Then you got Oklahoma potentially the last time in Morgantown. Kansas State at home. You like them, you know, beating them in, on your senior day. Then you got to go to the House of Horrors in Stillwater. But, like, I actually really like this schedule, especially now that you've got a, a veteran quarterback who's been through some wars on your side. Yeah, no, absolutely. The um, ceiling just rose significantly for what I think this team could be. And I think the floor got a little lower or a little higher as well. Yeah. I mean, cause we, you know, we had talked about at the end of the year, you know, what, you know, could possibly, you know, this coming season look like. And I, and I think the arrival of a guy like Daniels who not only has the experience, but the pedigree, right. You know, played in some really big games at Georgia has a national championship on his resume, you know, has a chip on his shoulder to prove that, Hey, you know what? I, I had, you know, all this hype coming out, haven't quite lived up to all of it. But it's um, not necessarily that he couldn't have lived up to it because like his situation oh, yeah, is crazy so because if you think about it, like was very good at USC, but was a f- true freshman gets hurt, hurt in the first game as a sophomore goes to Georgia, just wasn't able to beat out a kid that in Bennett, like, Obviously, we've seen as a special kid who walk on who won a national championship and the team loves him. But Daniels eventually beat him out and and finished the season off strong, had the job. Then he gets hurt and doesn't win it back because Stetson didn't lose. So, like, it's 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 just an interesting situation and one that I'm extremely thrilled that we have an opportunity now to watch this kid really, really take that next step here at Morgantown this year. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and here's the kind of the interesting thing on it is the the just the change in the perception of the transfer portal in 24 hours when Daniels announced he was coming versus like <sighs> before. See, I'm going to tell you, it didn't necessarily change my perspective on it at all. I think the answer would be it's about damn time that somebody didn't we didn't get burnt totally by this this year. Um, we did get the one big fish that was left in the pond. Supposedly there's some other names we're looking at. Defensive side of the ball, a big old G- Georgia Tech defensive tackle. Um, and I feel like Neil and them aren't necessarily totally done yet trying to get in there and maybe get a little reinforcements. 
but I'm not changing my tune on it. I still don't love it. Um, I think there's one sport in particular that has been less effective than any other by the portal CJ, and that's baseball. I kind of want to talk about it real quick here on the back end of the program. Do you have anything else real quick on what we've seen in spring ball, floor, ceiling, the like? No, I, and I absolutely love it. And I'm with you. I, I, I want to see some changes enacted and some and some regulations with the portal. Um, but it just went from, oh, my God, this thing sucks, to, oh, my God, welcome, JT Daniels. Huh? <laughs> it, but you're right. It was kind of one of those, like, okay, thank God it went our way for once. Like, it, it, it gave you an opportunity to exhale. And, and you know one thing else, too, that I'm kind of excited about is we haven't heard any ripples from somebody else leaving the quarterback room yet. Um, which I'm a little surprised about. I would have thought Garrett Green was as good as gone um, once Daniels came in, but we haven't seen that yet. Um, so let's hope he can keep that quarterback room intact, and everyone's kind of like, yep, JT's the guy. He's going to do great this year, and because he's going to do so well, he's going to go to the draft. I think that's the plan Neil Brown has in place. JT Daniels is here for one year. He's going to showcase himself. And then we're going to allow these guys that are behind him to have learned from him and to really blossom after JT Daniels kind of takes the bull by the horns and gets himself in the NFL draft the next year. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think that's kind of the attitude in the quarterback room of, you know, let, let's learn from this guy. You know, if I'm any of those guys in that locker room and, and especially Nico, the second he hits campus, I'm attached to that guy's hip. Like I would like to think so. Learning, learning everything, picking his brain, and, and and accepting the challenge of okay, well he came in to be the guy this year. That's perfectly fine, but next year I'm going to take everything I've learned and I'm going to go grab that job. And I think also these guys have got to realize and think, you know, they got to be smart enough to, to have looked at stats and looked at things and saw, well, Daniels has gotten hurt twice, so let me learn, but let me be. Let me be ready if something were to happen. Nope, completely agree. So, CJ, let's talk some baseball here real quick. Mountaineer baseball. Um, this ball is crushed. 24 and 14, CJ, right outside the top 25, was able to survive the, the two, the back-to-back weekends versus top 10 opponents down in Lubbock this past weekend and then hosting Oklahoma State the prior weekend. Maisie and crew really kind of uh, making it happen right now. They've got a ball game tonight at home at Mon County versus Penn State, a game that they should be able to win. Midweek games are, are tough, though, in general, and they don't necessarily go toward a lot of the selection committee's thinking although they are games that count towards your record, and WVU does not need to lose games to Pitt and Penn State coming up because they've got Kansas, then a weekend series with Texas, then they've got a weekend series with Kansas State, um, and also one on the road against Oklahoma. But sitting very pretty at this point, CJ, to make it into the tournament for sure, I have them ranked right now 24th in my uh, top 30 poll that I that I vote on uh, the in the National College uh, Baseball Writers Association. Yeah, no, I mean it. It's been very impressive um, to to watch them play. Uh, they're exciting. Uh, they steal runs. They steal bases. Um, 
you know, and, you know, I think they've proven, you know, with, you know, Oklahoma state and even Texas tech that, you know, they're, they're not afraid. They, they go after guys. Um, they're not afraid of the top upper echelon, um, of the conference, you know, and, and, you know, it, it, it was a tough weekend at Texas tech. You lose two or three, but I mean, but at the same time, you had a chance, uh, CJ to win the first game, lost a tough one, seven to five, their pitcher really got rolling. Um, and, but you came back after getting blown out in the second game of that double dip and put it on them Sunday, had a 10 run ninth inning, um, with a grand slam mixed in there. And I, they just play tough baseball, man. Uh, Bravo was, was great on Sunday uh, for the Mountaineers. Had good good work out of the bullpen. Austin, Austin Davis and, and Victor Scott out there are absolute vacuum cleaners and have some of the best range in, in the Big 12. And then Tevin Tucker is a heck of a defensive shortstop and, and has some wheels. Mountaineers are – are a team that is is playing an exciting brand of baseball and one a team that I think you know could make some noise in you know in the month of June if they get the right draw who knows what could happen oh yeah no absolutely i i, I agree with you and you know i mean you look at it you know the 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 series that really kind of I went, okay, you know what? Maisie's really got something really, really good here. TCU? The, uh, actually, was hmm. was the Oklahoma State, because I was extremely impressed with the way they played against Oklahoma State. Um, you know, lose a very tough one, two-to-one to open the series, get the second one. The third game, yeah, I mean, you got hammered. But, I mean, o- Oklahoma State's a team that a lot of people think are gonna, is going to play for a national title in Omaha. Um, yeah, McLean is absolutely unreal in the middle of that lineup and, uh, yeah, get one off the building there to beat us on Friday night. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> Bryce Osmond, the kid who started the third game, I mean, he's, he's a hell of a pitcher. I mean, he went six and two thirds against us, you know, 11 strikeouts. I mean, he's that, that's a really, really good team. And, you know, the way they play is just, you know, really, really special. So, I mean, what Maisie's got rolling and cooking, I think, is fantastic. Um, you know, it, Texas is obviously a big one. You know, obviously at this point now in conference, like you really got to go get it. But and, I and Texas is a top ten team. program too, CJ. And you know, there's about six teams in this league in baseball that are right there in that top thirty discussion. Oklahoma being one of the other ones, but TCU uh, had a nice weekend. And was able to to take to take a series there versus Oklahoma State. Um, Texas is really playing some good baseball as well, um, and uh, I'm real excited to see them when they come to Morgantown here. Um, Going to go up for the Friday night game there, my friend. Yeah, that, well, that's that's kind of the fun, the kind of the interesting part about this conference is you, know, you talk about the depth of it in basketball, right? It's just as damn deep in baseball. Oh, it, it's exactly. I mean, granted, Kansas is a cellar dweller in baseball, and uh, and so WVU this weekend needs to do their part. And you know, it's interesting because like it's you don't want to lose a game like that, but it's like in baseball you almost have to be happy winning two of three, even if you're playing a team as bad as Kansas is, because 
you know, it's just, it's tough to go out there and, 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 and sweep teams. And so that's one thing I am not necessarily concerned about for West Virginia, but um, I, I don't want to see this happen is that, you know, they have a bad weekend versus Kansas State at home or have a bad weekend versus, you know, the boys when they go to Lawrence here this weekend. And it kind of kills some of their momentum that they've been building and have really done a good job of maintaining through this big 12 conference play at this point in time. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, and so, you know, you look at it, what they've got rolling, you know, as long as you continue to take care of business against teams that you should, um, you know, maybe find your way to, to, to get that series against Texas. That, that'll really help. I know as of right now, Texas and uh, Oklahoma are the, are the big two series remaining. And then you sandwich in, the one in Lawrence and then the one that you host Kansas state. If you do your job there though, and you maybe are at least three and three versus Texas and Oklahoma in those six games. And then you do maybe you, maybe you sweep one of the Kansas uh, series or Kansas state series. And you only lose one of the other ones. And you're like five and one there and you're three and three. So you finish like eight and four. So then you're sitting at around 15 and, 15 and nine ish in the conference. That's pretty good heading into globe life where they're playing the, uh, big 12 terms this year, CJ at the home of the Texas Rangers, the big grill down there, uh, in in Arlington. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's going to be super fun and exciting. Um, you know, and a couple of the different, you know, college baseball bracketology sites, um, right now have West Virginia in what would be the Blacksburg regional, uh, which would See, be Virginia Tech. What And some of them I've seen is Virginia Tech, Wofford, and St. Joe's. I would welcome that in a heartbeat. Virginia Tech is not a team that should be hosting a regional, CJ. Yes, they've beaten Miami 2 of 3. They beat Virginia 2 of 3. But I've watched them. They're coming on hot of late. But WVU would, would not be scared against against Virginia Tech at all. I would welcome the Blacksburg Regional. Uh, in the poll that I vote in, they have moved Virginia Tech up into the top ten. They're not a top ten team. Sorry. They just aren't. Yeah. No, and, and I'd love to be in that one because that one's travelable for, you know, for Mountaineer fans. Um, I would so, probably make that drive. You know, so de- definitely watching it uh, to see where my Mountaineers go and then – you know, obviously, I've got another rooting interest with with my with my boys in Lynchburg there in the in the Flames. So. They're struggling a little bit though, CJ. They, they, they is right now. They they have been um they've been struggling um got got to got to turn it on or I'm afraid they're gonna be kind of on maybe on the outside looking in. But um no, I'm really excited to kind of as, as baseball really really ramps up here um and, and gears towards this conference tournaments and then obviously the the road to omaha yeah the regionals are always fun and then the super regionals are extremely exciting it would just be awesome to see west virginia baseball get on that level where they would found find a way to win a regional and then be in a super regional setting i think that would be phenomenal i thought we had a chance when we have a no in those boys and it just didn't happen when we hosted that one in morgantown lost in the most West Virginia way ever to Texas A&M with a walk-off grand slam and then kind of having the hype of losing, you know, the, the, the Saturday night game there with Manoa to Duke when they shoved a two-hitter. Um, and then Duke lost to Vandy and Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter the following weekend. So if that would have been your fate, you would have had to go to Vandy and play. It would have probably been tough anyway. But um, CJ, you mentioned some of the other bracketologies. Anything else 
favorites uh, that they've seen. So they ha- do they have us as the two seed there in that regional, I suppose. Um, I've seen one that did have us as the two seed. There's another one that had us as the three. Two to three doesn't really matter at that point in time. I mean, it really just depends, and it really is more important on who's the team hosting the regional. That's, I think, what's more yeah, important the... than anything else because you want to avoid one of the true big boys of the sport. Yeah, now the 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 big one that was put out, which was actually on the NCAA.com website, had us at the three seed in that regional uh, with Maryland and Davidson. Now, <laughs> I'll tell you this, CJ, you know that I know about the Davidson Wildcats, Rucker Taylor and those boys, the A-10 uh, big big cat, I guess you want to call it. I was going to call them the big dogs, but they're, but they're the Davidson Wildcats playing at Wilson Field that's a special program to us and, and my family in particular. Uh, don't sleep on Davidson. That team is absolutely a team that can play. But if you have Maryland as the team that's hosting that uh, regional, I'd be a-okay with that. Watch them play this weekend. They got trounced by Illinois 19-1. to The Big Ten, I think, is a very overrated baseball league. I would love – if the Mountaineers were in a regional there up in College Park and just have us avoid Davidson because those guys are very good. Yeah, that that one would be tough. Um, and I don't like what it did my Liberty Flames, the three seed in the Stillwater region. Ooh, not not good. When you no. got to face Holiday in those boys, that's a that's a tough <laughs> one. That's so, a tough one. Yeah, I mean, so like I said, you're you're, you're going to kind of really kind of get a real good look at some of these as they come through. Um, but yeah, no, extremely excited. And as of right now, um, Oklahoma is one of the last four in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. West Virginia needs to take care of business. They need to win the games that they, you know, have opportunities to win. They need to do well in the series versus Oklahoma. That's a big one in, in, in Norman too. Um, but they've got an opportunity to, to, to really kind of, uh, have some statement wins versus Texas, and then you've you've got two more midweek games that that are always kind of tricky to navigate. And they're both at home versus Penn State and Pitt. You beat Pitt uh, last week up at PNC Park, three to two in eleven innings. So you know they'll have redemption on their mind. Uh, and you've already beat Penn State earlier this year. That game will actually be at, at five thirty CJ on ESPN Plus for the folks that are so inclined. Um, Love it on the weekend series. We get Lanny for Terry, the old voice of the Buckos, uh, to call these games. Um, should be fun. Definitely something you want to check in. Mountaineer baseball uh, is is a fun brand of baseball to watch. They take they take chances. They're aggressive, and um, Maisie and the boys kind of trying to turn turn twenty twenty two around here for Mountaineer sports. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's going to be fun and exciting. Um, yeah, you know, definitely gonna tune in and catch some of these games here down the stretch and hey, and really and C- lock in. And CJ, as long as we don't have to go to Knoxville in that regional and face oh. Tennessee, that Tennessee team is one of the best college baseball teams I've seen in my lifetime. We do not want any piece of them. As long as we're not in that regional, I'll take our chances <laughs> of having some fun and and you know, it's baseball's you know round bat round ball got to square it up weird things happen you never know what could happen and uh at the right time things can happen i mean i still remember cj you know talking about davidson back in I believe it was 2017 when the wildcats 
knocked off the number two national seed, North Carolina, that year um, when they were the four seed. Beat them on a Friday night, and then they beat Georgia Gulf Coast, and then they beat North Carolina again before they went down to Texas A&M and lost to Blue, Blue Bell Ballpark and what was a heck of a run there. Had a pitcher named Durno Lincoln, CJ, who threw a, like 130 pitches in seven innings. Um, I mean, dude's arm was about to fall off. Said he was just going to go to pharmacy school. But because of that run that he had, ended up getting drafted by the Red Sox. think he ended up going back to pharmacy school two years later, but was able to live the dream out for a little bit longer. Yeah, definitely don't. Don't want any part of that that, that <laughs> regional. Um, you don't want Knoxville, and I'm telling you, you don't want to face those teams that are smaller schools that just have a lot of grittiness to them. I would rather go to Maryland any day of the week. Yeah, I'd I'd be okay with that one, or you know, maybe Blacksburg with Virginia Tech. Uh, would want to kind of maybe stay out of Dallas too. Dallas Baptist. That's that's a team yep. I'm not so sure I'd want to play. They're actually the number one RPI team in the country, CJ. Although right now not doing so hot, twenty four and fifteen, five and four in that league actually got beat by Southern Illinois this past weekend in a series. But that's a baseball factory down there at DBU, man. They are tough. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't want any part of that. I would, I wouldn't mind playing Gonzaga going out to Spokane because they give them a lot of love, and we owe those guys for basketball. Maybe we could take take it to them. <laughs> And, and and that would just be a parting shot at Zach for the year if uh, if if we beat him in baseball. His love for the dogs down there, you know, Gonzaga. Yeah, absolutely, brother. I think we fooled him there, man. It was fun getting to talk Mountaineer sports here. Uh, a lot of portal discussion, and uh, man, baseball on the backside. CJ, we might have to lead it off one of these things with one of these podcasts with some baseball. Get as we get a little closer. Um, talk a little college baseball, man. It's it's fun to watch, and if you have ESPN Plus, it's it's worth it's worth taking a perusal and and uh, watching a couple innings here and there. They have the replays up, and uh, you can literally just you know just tap X button if you're using a PlayStation, and you can essentially have no commercials at all. It's great. Yeah, absolutely love my ESPN Plus. <laughs> yeah, that's about the only thing that's worth. Um, brother, always good, man. And uh, till next time, y'all take it easy. Let's go, Mountaineers. Let's go drink some beers. Let's take care of some business out there in Lawrence, Kansas. No rock, jock, Jayhawk. Uh, they're still celebrating that basketball championship. Let's go take. Let's go take a few games from them this weekend of baseball. Till next time, y'all take it easy.